Hey Bernie Sanders, I wrote you a song Cause I heard your voice ringing above all around I seen your hands waving around in the air I seen your eyes burning when they don't play fair No smiles and hairstyles and sound bites from you Say what you mean, and that's what you do. Speak for the working class woman and man. And you sometimes get angry because you give a damn. Hey, Bernie, hey, Bernie, let's take it all back. Raise 15 million with no super PAC. That ought to show them what the people can do. Hey, Bernie Sanders, I'm voting for you. That was Brian Estes singing Hey, Bernie Sanders, which you can find on YouTube at Homemade Chicken. And don't forget, when you're looking up homemade chicken on YouTube, chicken does not have an E. Greetings and welcome back to Bernie 2016. This is an independent podcast established to follow and comment on Bernie Sanders' candidacy for President of the United States. This podcast is completely independent of any candidate, party, or PAC. You can find out more about Bernie 2016 at Bernie-2016.com. You can send me a message at BernieUS2016 at gmail.com or follow on Twitter at BernieUS2016. If you are a Flipboard user, follow my magazine in Flipboard. The magazine is called Bernie for President. Or you can check out the link to that magazine online at Bernie-2016.com. Thanks for listening. So there's a great website that some supporters of Bernie Sanders have put together. This is independent from Bernie's uh, campaign itself. It is called. It is at feeltheburn.org, and it has a whole lot of issues. And under each issue, so there's a, a number of different. Uh, squares on the front page, each with an image and pointing to a particular issue such as science and technology, foreign policy and national security, education, military and veterans, civil rights, etc. And under each of those is some additional information about and even a breakdown, a further breakdown of those categories and a discussion of where Bernie stands and some of the quotes and his record um, and some more information about the particular issues. This is a really, really well-designed site. If you want to find out more information um, about Bernie Sanders, um, in addition to going to BernieSanders.com, you can go to this great site that was put together by supporters of Bernie Sanders at feeltheburn.org. 
and burn as in Bernie, B-E-R-N. So this story is on a recent poll, and this poll actually just came out, was released this morning, um, recording this on August the 19th. And this particular story is from Politico.com by Nick Gass. Hillary Clinton's advantage against Bernie Sanders among Democratic voters continues to evaporate, according to the latest CNN-ORC national poll released Wednesday morning. Among 358 registered voters who identified as Democrats or leaning Democratic, 47% said they would vote for Clinton in a primary. So Clinton is still ahead by a fair margin in this poll, but has dropped uh, four or five percentage points from the latest, um, from the actually dropped about nine percentage points from the same poll last month. Bernie, on the other hand, picked up 29% in the recent poll, so still a fair distance behind Clinton. But in this same poll last month, Bernie was at 19%. So we've seen considerable movement in a month. Um, the poll now reading 47% for Clinton and 29 for Sanders versus a 56 to 19 split in the same poll last month. In addition to that, um, there's still a significant number of people in this particular poll who don't yet know enough or don't yet have an opinion about Bernie Sanders. I think it's uh, in the mid-20s for the percentage of people that do not know Bernie Sanders yet. So I think there's still a huge opportunity for Bernie to pick up a lot of support from those people who don't yet know who he is and what he's about. In a different poll that I was taking a look at, um, the more people learn about Bernie, the greater percentage of people who like Bernie um, and like what he stands for. So definitely um, in the national poll, this is the second national poll that has put Bernie around the 30% mark, and he is definitely still growing. Uh, coming up pretty shortly, uh, I believe it's next weekend, Bernie will be traveling to South Carolina. Bernie had a previously scheduled event in South Carolina, but that event was scheduled just a day or two after the massacre that happened in South Carolina at the church, the black church, where a young white man went in and shot and killed nine African Americans that were at that church at a Bible meeting. So Bernie Sanders' event in Charleston at that time was canceled out of respect and as I mentioned in a previous episode, Bernie reached 
out to his supporters and ask them to donate to that church to help it rebuild and get back on its feet after that tragedy. So Bernie is scheduled to head to South Carolina, has a number of events there, and Politicus USA has this uh, brief story on those upcoming events. The demand to see Bernie Sanders is so high that his campaign was forced to move two rallies in South Carolina to larger locations. In a statement, the Sanders campaign announced that two upcoming rallies in South Carolina had to be moved to larger venues after crowd projections outgrew the original locations. The Sanders campaign announced, quote, With turnout projections mounting, U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders' campaign has shifted the location of Sunday's rally in Charleston, South Carolina, to the Charleston Convention Center. The two-day swing includes stops in Greenville, Columbia, and Sumter. And this isn't the first time that Bernie has had to move his events. In fact, it's fairly common that Bernie will announce an event at a relatively good-sized venue, but the demand and the RSVPs for those events outstrip the size and the capacity of those venues, and Bernie's campaign is forced to look at some larger settings. And a story from Mediaite. Bernie Sanders is surprisingly going to speak at Liberty University. This story by Josh Feldman. Democratic presidential candidate and self-proclaimed socialist Bernie Sanders will be speaking at the solidly religious conservative Liberty University next month. Liberty U has been a beacon for Republican candidates. It's where Ted Cruz kicked off his 2016 campaign. And a side note on that, that Ted Cruz kickoff is cited at one of the largest campaign events as as it's measured by um, audience size in, you know, all of the 2016 campaigns so far, aside from some events that Bernie's held. Um the the notable point about the size of that crowd that was at Ted Cruz's kickoff, which was about 11,000, one of the biggest crowds that any candidate has faced um, in the 26th campaign, aside from some of Bernie's rallies, was that those 11,000 people were, were required to be present. It was not an event that Ted Cruz had sponsored where he kicked off his campaign. It was where he was invited to speak to the Liberty University convocation in which students are required to attend where he had a crowd of that size. So Bernie should also face a crowd at Liberty University of that size. But let me get back to the story. Sanders happily accepted an invitation to address a convocation at the Learning Institution founded by Jerry Falwell. And in a statement, he said he's looking forward to it. 
Quote, Liberty University was kind enough to invite me to address a con- convocation, and I decided to accept. It goes without saying that my views on many issues, women's rights, gay rights, education, and many other issues, are very different from the opinions of some in the Liberty University community. I think it is important, however, to see if we can reach consensus regarding the grotesque level of income and wealth inequality in our country, about the collapse of the middle class, about the high level of childhood poverty, about climate change, and other issues. Sanders says it's easy to talk to people who already agree with him. Another thing entirely to reach out to a group that probably isn't on board with much of his philosophy. And Sanders has been really making a point in his campaign and in his events to not only travel to places where he naturally is popular um, because of the general political leanings of the area that he's going to visit. Um, He's not only going to quote-unquote blue states that lean heavily Democratic. He's going to other states. He had a a major and up to that point um, largest um, event as far as attendance went in Arizona, uh, notably a, a conservative state. He had a couple of major events falling right after that in Texas, and then a very large event in Louisiana. So he is not shy about heading off to you know, places that generally are heavily supportive of Republicans. Um, I think that some of those choices of places to visit this early in his campaign are pretty notable. Uh, he, he visited Texas where Rick Perry, the popular governor, former governor, is uh, running for president on the Republican side. And he visited Louisiana where the, uh, maybe not as popular, uh, governor of Louisiana, Bobby Jindal, is uh, running for president on the Republican side as well. So I think there is... Uh, something very notable about him heading to those areas early and attracting some very large and enthusiastic crowds in those areas. Another poll that came out a little while back um, was uh, notable and, you know, very strongly supportive of Bernie. And this story comes from, where is this? This comes from the Boston Herald by Joe Battenfeld. Democratic presidential hopeful Bernie Sanders has rocketed past longtime frontrunner Hillary Clinton in New Hampshire. A stunning turn in a race once considered a lock for the former Secretary of State. A new Franklin Pierce University Boston Herald poll shows. Sanders leads... Clinton, 44 to 37 percent among likely Democratic primary voters, the first time the heavily favored Clinton has trailed in the 2016 primary campaign. So Bernie, in that poll, is leading Clinton in New Hampshire by a fairly sizable amount. Still, when you throw in the uh, margin of error, that shaves that lead right down to their relatively even 
in the state in that poll. So looking forward to some future polls out of New Hampshire and seeing if Bernie maintains that lead and can grow it further. And the website Nation of Change has this article among many, many articles that are out there on this particular topic. If you spent... Oh, who wrote this? Uh, this was written by Kate Aronoff. If you spent at any time in the progressive blogosphere this past week, chances are that you have some feelings about activists in Seattle disrupting a rally for Bernie Sanders last weekend. To recap, on Saturday, Black Lives Matter Seattle organizers Marissa Johnson and Mara Williford climbed on stage in front of several hundred people at the city's Westlake Plaza, demanding a platform to speak. Eventually, event organizers handed the pair a microphone that they used to discuss the issues they saw missing in Bernie's economic populism, namely police violence and a focus on systemic racial injustice. As they challenged Bernie and his supporters to prioritize these problems, they were booed down aggressively by a mostly white crowd. Johnson, Willard, and other members of the Movement for Black Lives have continued to face slurs and insults on social media throughout the week, along with accusations of being plants from either the right wing or the Clinton campaign. Was the interruption messy? Yes. Did it warrant the vitriol from white, largely progressive audiences that followed? No. And I, I watched the video of that event. Um, a number of news stories mischaracterized the event as a Bernie Sanders rally. This event was not sponsored by Bernie, but Bernie was a featured speaker at this event. This event was celebrating the anniversary of Social Security. And there were a number of different speakers that were up on that stage prior to Bernie. Bernie was the final speaker that was on the schedule to uh, talk at this event. And as he took the podium after a sentence or two, um, the activists, you know, went up onto the stage and interrupted. Um, Bernie stepped back and let the managers of that event um, discuss and or argue and or negotiate, depending on your point of view, with the protesters. And those that the the leader or the, the people running that event um, relented and allowed the activists to speak. The activists were blunt. And direct, and the crowd was, in my opinion, horrible, uh, booing and yelling and being extraordinarily disrespectful. And I understand a piece of that. These people came to this event because of the speakers at this event you know, the people who were still here as Bernie stepped up were largely Bernie supporters and people who came to see Bernie speak and who who were there for a long time waiting for that to happen. 
and then suddenly it was uh, halted and the protesters weren't respectful of the event and the crowds weren't respectful back and I, I don't measure those in equal measure. I think that Bernie often talks of how struggles against injustice succeed. Um, you know, he, he talked about this when the Supreme Court um, came down with its decision that blocked the um, blocked the laws that were out there against gay marriage and, and really opened up the entire country to you know, for, for gays and lesbians to be able to marry. And Bernie rightly said then and, and many times before and since that change like that does not happen by the people at the top waking up one day and deciding that this is the right thing to do and they should do it. Change like that happens from people constantly struggling, people constantly speaking out, people rising up against injustice. And that is exactly what the Black Lives Matter movement is doing. And I wholeheartedly support that. And I am a extremely strong supporter of Bernie Sanders. But that all of the good things that he does and stands for does not make him immune from criticism from people who want to hear about other issues, about issues that impact them, and about issues that are as critical and as important as life and death and you know, the oppression that black Americans face every day. And through that direct action that's taken at a, at a rally that Bernie Sanders is speaking at or at a rally of any other politician or in the streets or wherever, wherever it takes place, it, opens up dialogue. It makes the media stand up and listen and notice and, and it wakes up the population in some way, shape or form. And I think the crowd's response while their disappointment and dissatisfaction is understandable. And even Bernie said he was disappointed after, you know, after he left the event. And that's another, another part of the event that the media often gets wrong is that they often report that, you know, once Bernie was faced with the criticism and faced with the protesters that Bernie decided not to give his speech. 
Um, Bernie waited while they spoke for a fair amount of time and was expecting to be able to give his speech when they were, when they were done. Um, the organizers of the event got into further heated discussions with the protesters and eventually when it was clear that they were not ready to, you know, give the microphone back and let the event proceed, those leaders of that event shut the event down. Um, Bernie shook hands with some people in the crowd and then he moved on. Um, it was that same night that Bernie had a major rally in Seattle. Um, that was his campaign event and 15,000 people came to that event. And there's a story on that event from Buzzfeed. And this is written by Evan McMorris Santoro. Hours after Black Lives Matter protesters shut down a Bernie Sanders rally here. Against maybe not quite exactly factually correct, but, but the gist of the statement is accurate. The Vermont Senator's populist Democratic presidential campaign once again attempted to cast Sanders as the candidate of a modern civil rights movement. Before a crowd of more than 12,000 at the Alaska Airlines Arena on the campus of the University of Washington, a new public face for the Sanders campaign appeared. Simone Sanders, a volunteer organizer with the D.C.-based Coalition for Juvenile Justice, was announced as the new national press secretary of Sanders' campaign and was tasked with introducing the 73-year-old senator. Simone Sanders is a young black criminal justice advocate and a supporter of the Black Lives Matter movement. She's also a progressive political activist right out of Sanders' mold. Her last job was at Ralph Nader's Public Citizen. In an interview, Simone Sanders said she first connected with the senator about three weeks ago, offering him advice on how to better understand the message of Black Lives Matter activists in an hour-long chat. And this story goes on to talk more about uh, Simone Sanders, but she did introduce Bernie at that Seattle rally, her first public appearance as part of the Sanders campaign. And there was, was a crowd in that arena of 12,000. That was the maximum capacity or pretty close to the maximum capacity of that arena. And there were, was an overflow crowd outside of about 3,000 more. So he did attract about 15,000 at that event. And I'm pretty sure that event at the time was the largest event as far as, uh, participants go of the Sanders campaign. But it was uh, soon to be eclipsed by some other events. The Within a day or two after the Seattle event, Sanders, and I think it was actually the next day, Sanders went to Portland, Oregon and had an event there. And that event smashed the record attendance at his events with 28,000 people coming to that event. And once again, this is an event that 
originated at a smaller venue and had to be moved to a large stadium. And that stadium, I believe, sat about 19,000 people. And 28,000 came to watch him. So there was an enormous overflow crowd outside of the stadium. One or two nights later, Sanders was in L.A. at his first major event in L.A., his first major rally. And at that event, which the stadium was set up to hold 16,000 or so, 27,500 people came out to L.A., to listen to and watch and cheer Bernie Sanders. So Bernie has continued to draw enormous crowds to the events that he's been running um, to get his name and get his message out to the people. One of the great things about this presidential campaign, and this was probably to a certain extent uh, similar in the last campaign as well is that you know sitting in my house in New Jersey I can watch a lot of these events as they happen live Um, often the campaign will be supporting a live stream of the event and if they are not there are sometimes a news media channel that is live streaming the event. Um, it has been known for MSNBC or even Fox to live stream an event. And if none of those streams are up and working, I can usually count on someone using Periscope on Twitter. I was able to last night watch Bernie's event and speech in Reno, Nevada, where he had about 4,500 people come out to hear him speak. Um, and that venue is actually adjacent to a parking garage. And on it was an open, open parking garage. So on all of the levels of the garage, which was four or five levels high, there were crowds of people at the rails watching um, the Sanders event in Reno, Nevada. So it's it's pretty amazing this go around with our, you know, current technology with the internet and, you know, the tablet and the links that that can have to the television um, that I can sit in my living room and watch a live event from all the way across the nation on my TV screen. So the access that we have to what's going on out there is much more extensive. And I applaud the Sanders campaign and the Sanders supporters that make it possible because of the openness of the events that Sanders manages or attends that we can participate at least in the audience participation in Sanders events as they happen. So a story by Claire Foran, and this was posted in nationaljournal.com. 
Major environmental group endorses Bernie Sanders' 2016 bid. The first national green group to make an endorsement in the 2016 election just threw its weight behind Bernie Sanders. Quote, We're seeing a lot of speeches from candidates, but Bernie has an incredibly strong track record, and there's a lot of credibility there. He's also willing to say no where some other candidates aren't. Eric Pica, the president of Friends of the Earth Action, said in an interview. Sanders is on record saying that he supports a carbon tax, opposes Arctic offshore drilling, has voiced support for a ban on fracking in Vermont, supports the, divi- the divestment movement, and opposes Keystone XL. So there's a lot that Sanders stands for that is very positive for the environment and protecting the environment. And the Friends of Earth Action have recognized that and endorsed Bernie Sanders being the first national environmental organization to make an endorsement. Those same policies were part of the reason that Bernie Sanders also got an endorsement from a union. The first major union to endorse Bernie Sanders was the Nurses Union, and I don't have the specific name of that union in front of me, Um, but a National Nurses Union endorsed Bernie Sanders as well. So he's getting, starting to get some support and recognition from some important groups um, that have influence or or have influence in the nation when it comes to environmental and political matters. In addition um, to those endorsements, there are some individual endorsements that Bernie has received. Um, And I I saw a site earlier today that was counting the political endorsements of the candidates, and in particular, endorsements from the House of Representatives, endorsements from the senators, endorsements from the governors. And Hillary is miles ahead of any other candidate in political endorsements from the Democratic Party. That is why she is the heavily favored candidate to win. She's got tremendous support from the party. Um, And many of those people who support her are superdelegates, and superdelegates are needed to actually win the nomination. So Bernie's uh, run is definitely still an uphill climb, even though he's heading up that hill very strongly. Um, you know, I hope to to help him get to the top. And as he likes to often say, you know, they have the money, but we have the people. So, but Bernie has been getting some other endorsements, some people in Hollywood. Sarah Silverman introduced him at his L.A. rally. Um, Frances Fisher, the actress, is a very, very strong supporter. Uh, Henry Rollins came out in support of Bernie Sanders. Jesse Ventura 
came out in support of Bernie Sanders. And then just yesterday, um, Cornell West, um, this scholar, came out in support of Bernie Sanders. And so he is starting to accumulate some notable endorsements. And I, I don't hold out any hope, although there may be a few that eventually will do so. Um, Bernie also met with Jesse Jackson yesterday, but Jesse Jackson has not made an endorsement. Um, I, I really don't hold out much hope that Bernie will get any endorsements from uh, Democratic politicians because Bernie is only a recent, uh, a recent uh, member of the Democratic Party. And there's, there's some people who strongly are opposed to him having adopted the Democratic Party for his run. Um, and there are many people who, who have no problem with that. But as lifelong and strong, solid members of the Democratic Party, we'll be very hard-pressed to support someone who has not been a party member. Um, in his lifetime in politics. So I, I don't really expect Bernie to get a long stream of support from any other elected politician, uh, at least any that are elected as Democrats, and uh, not likely from any Republicans either, but you never know. Some some renegade may uh, may jump the fence and, you know, support someone that seems an unlikely ally. So one of the really good things that happened from the protests that Bernie has faced from the Black Lives Matter movement is that Bernie has much more quickly and I would argue much more strongly than he otherwise would have, has put out a, a very strong um, policy statement on racial justice. And I believe that, that all of the things in this policy are all ideas that Bernie has stood for for a very long time. But also understand and recognize that if these were preeminent ideas of Bernie's campaign, that he would have launched these when his campaign started. So a, a major positive impact of Black Lives Matter specifically on Bernie's campaign is that they raised more awareness of Bernie than existed before because many people still don't know who he is and what he stands for. And they pushed him to faster and more clearly and more loudly state what he believes in the realm of racial justice. So Bernie put out a policy and published this as part of his overall campaign platform on racial justice. So I'm going to read a little bit of it. It's it's pretty extensive, so I won't get into all of it, but you can go to 
berniesanders.com and you can follow the racial justice link in his policies and you can read the entire policy. Racial justice. We must pursue policies that transform this country into a nation that affirms the value of its people of color. That starts with addressing the four central types of violence waged against black and brown Americans, physical, political, legal, and economic. Physical violence perpetrated by the state. Sandra Bland, Michael Brown, Rika Boyd, Eric Gardner, Walter Scott, Freddie Gray, Tamir Rice, Samuel DeBose. We know their names. Each of them died unarmed at the hands of police officers or in police custody. The chants are growing louder. People are angry that, and they have a right to be angry. We should not fool ourselves into thinking that this violence only affects those whose names have appeared on TV or in the newspaper. African Americans are twice as likely to be arrested and almost four times as likely to experience the use of force during encounters with the police. Physical violence perpetrated by extremists. We are far from eradicating racism in this country. In June, nine of our fellow Americans were murdered while praying in a historic church because of the color of their skin. This violence fills us with outrage, disgust, and a deep, deep sadness. Today in America, if you are black, you can be killed for getting a pack of Skittles during a basketball game. These hateful acts of violence amount to acts of terror. They are perpetrated by extremists who want to intimidate and terrorize black and brown people in this country. Addressing physical violence is an outrage that in these early years of the 21st century, we are seeing intolerable acts of violence being perpetrated by police and racist terrorism by white supremacists. A growing number of communities do not trust the police and law enforcement officers have become disconnected from the communities they are sworn to protect. Violence and brutality of any kind, particularly at the hands of the police sworn to protect and serve our communities, is unacceptable and must not be tolerated. We need a societal transformation to make it clear that black lives matter and racism cannot be accepted in a civilized country. We must demilitarize our police forces so they don't look and act like invading armies. We must invest in community policing. Only when we get officers into the communities working within neighborhoods before trouble arises do we develop the relationships necessary to make our communities safer together. Among other things, that means increasing civilian oversight of police departments. We need police forces that reflect the diversity of our communities. At the federal level, we need to establish a new model police training program that reorients the way we do law enforcement in this country. With input from a broad segment of the community, including activists and leaders from organizations like Black Lives Matter, we will reinvent how we police America. We need to federally fund and require body cameras for law enforcement officers to make it easier to hold them accountable. 
Our Justice Department must aggressively investigate and prosecute police officers who break the law and hold them accountable for their actions. We need to require police departments and states to provide public reports on all police shootings and deaths that take place while in police custody. We need new rules on the allowable use of force. Police officers need to be trained to de-escalate confrontations and to humanely interact with people who have mental illness. States and localities that make progress in this area should get more federal justice grant money. Those that do not should get their funding slashed. We need to make sure the federal resources are there to crack down on the illegal activities of hate groups. And Bernie goes on. He covers political violence, disenfranchisement, and what a lot of people um, put forward as voter fraud measures, which voter fraud is close to non-existent in our country. Um, And a lot of the policies labeled voter fraud are really ways to disenfranchise large segments of the voting population. He covers uh, legal violence and the, the prison system. And he covers economic violence. I think the area where he has the strongest platform already um, with his economic policies that he put forward as his platform. So I think Bernie's policies here are the right policies. I don't, I think there are opportunities for more depth and opportunities for, you know, some more specifics to come out, but he has put forward a very, very strong uh, policy position you know, with a focus on violence that is faced um, by people of color in our country. So I'm looking forward to what comes next for Bernie Sanders. I'm looking forward to more poll numbers that show his uh, message and his candidacy growing and gaining support across the country. Um, So thank you for listening to this episode of Bernie 2016. If you want to reach out to me, you can email me at BernieUS2016 at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter Twitter at BernieUS2016. And you can check out the website at bernie-2016.com for more. And here as we close it out, we will listen to another song about Bernie. This song is called Feel the Burn, and it is by Tony Tig. And you can check this song out on YouTube as well. Thanks for listening. The wealthiest people are becoming phenomenally rich. But we have over 40 million people living in the The very least that we can say is that nobody in America goes 
The Pied Piper Bernie Sanders for the middle class. What a GOP wants to put our interest last. He's gonna give it to you raw, no hesitation. With the right ideas to lead this great nation. No handouts, no special interest groups. Hell, lie to give votes, telling you the truth. And while the media wants to downplay him, he's still gonna fight. Tell him all he ain't playing. Push him for higher wages so we all can feed our families. The only one I know who can conquer this insanity. Of this Wall Street bickering, belittling the poor dollar bills, only things they considering. When people need health care, kids need school. When it comes to politics, Bernie's breaking rules. No attack gets on the competition's needed. He's running on the facts, and it's something that we needed. Feel the burn, make him feel the burn. All the way to the White House, feel the burn. Feel the burn, make him feel the burn. Till the haters on the right, they can feel the burn. Feel the burn, make him feel the burn. All the way to the White House, feel the burn. Feel the burn, make him feel the burn. Till the haters on the left, they can feel the burn. See him scared shook, he's a democratic socialist but They don't even know what it means, they just roll with it Get over it, check the resume Fighting for civil rights ever since the first day While the candidates steal with their hands out We do it old school, grassroots stand out Cause this is our time to have a voice served You fat cats had your chance, now it's our turn They say he can't win, he's too liberal Way too extreme, too honest and too cynical They want another robot politician The same old rhetoric now they gon' listen. Feel the burn, make them feel the burn. All the way to the White House. Feel-